Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit ekes out a messy win in Pittsburgh. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily JAWWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scott is host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Um, we're getting a little bit of taste of what it might be like if we were an MLB. Well, you are an MLB host team. But <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, yeah, are we? <laughs> I'm getting a taste of it. Three days in a row of hockey. I mean, having a game recap like every single day of the week. Kind of nice. Not going to lie. Got new, new, fresh content every single day. I'm liking it. Yeah, you say that now. And then, you <laughs> and then your team's bad. I promise, yeah. yeah, that you realize you haven't done anything in two months because you <laughs> have a job to do every single night. And I promise it's not as fun. But so the Detroit Red Wings won two to one in Pittsburgh. I, I wouldn't I would hesitate to call this their A team in this game. They had their top line for sure. Larkin, Debrinkit, and Raymond on offense, and then Wellman and Sutter on defense. But like kind of everyone else outside of that, outside of like Sprong and Comfer was just and Fabry. I guess you could kind of consider it your their their A team, so to speak, but it feels like you're still missing some core pieces, obviously, because it's preseason and some of those guys played yesterday. It was a really messy game. Uh, and so we're gonna talk about that all throughout this episode. But first, I gotta talk tell you guys today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, uh, official sports book of lockdown. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get five dollars and two thousand two hundred in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to get started. Scotty, to lead off the episode, we should probably mention just in terms of like news and notes category, Artem Anisimov has been released from his PTO, his professional tryout. Uh, that wasn't too big of a surprise. I think his training camp kind of peaked in the red and white game. Outside of that, as the as it kind of progressed throughout the season, uh, preseason, I thought he was he was fine, but I didn't think he was particularly good enough to earn not a roster spot. So to speak, but like a two way contract getting sent down to uh grand rapids, assuming he would, you know, clear the waiver situation going on there. So I, I, I wasn't too, too terribly like upset by it. I thought it would, might've been nice to have that additional player depth down there, but I'm not too, I'm not too worked up over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not surprising that that's all, but um, the grind don't stop, baby. That that's the the way of the road for hockey, man. Like I, you know, all the credit in the world to those guys. There's a there's hundreds of guys out there that go and you know every preseason they bounce around to different you know like uh, camps and preseason rosters and whatnot until they break through. So Godspeed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now onto the game itself, Scotty. It was a messy hockey game. Uh, the Red Wings, <laughs> the Red Wings A team, as we call it, going into the night's game. I, I was kind of, I'll be honest. I think I was expecting a little bit more out of this game than we got. This is the, I mean, this is a home game for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they played their B team against you. No Latang, no Carlson, no Malkin, no Crosby, and you had your. And your best forward, your best defensive line, and then are, you could argue the makings of a, a, a second line, if not third line out there with Sprong and JT Comfer and whatnot uh, on forward. And it was a close game. In fact, I would argue that the Penguins 
it's hard to say anyone outplayed anyone in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, the Red Wings outshot the Penguins at five on five in every single period. Uh, but the I, I feel like the Penguins. It's hard. It's just really hard for me to say because it was I, so messy that I can't yeah. see either team really brought it in this game. It was like moments where the Red Wings were the, the team that was playing really well, and then moments where the Penguins were the team play, that was playing really well. Yeah, th- this was uh this was sloppy as all heck, man. This was a uh, a bleep show <laughs> of a hockey game, truly, uh, for both sides. Um, I'm glad to walk out of there with a win, I guess, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn how to win and, uh, it's, a, it's, you know, preseason victory, you know, whatever, but, uh, gotta, gotta learn how to win when you're not at your best. And then that, that was certainly tonight. And, and aside from just, you know, the, the sloppiness, just from, you know, the, the gameplay perspective, like it was also, for a preseason game, it was chippy, man. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of chirping going on. We saw a little bit of a fiery side out of Raymond. We saw mm-hmm. a little bit of a fiery side out of Edvinson. Um, I mean, it, it got uh, it got a little chippy for for a preseason October fourth <laughs> hockey game. Raymond said, "I put on eight to nine pounds. Let me show you what that's like." Yeah, <laughs> right? He said, "Let me prove it." He he was uh, definitely in the center of a lot of scrums, and that might have come out of some fr- frustration. I don't really think that the Red Wings top unit of Debrinket, Raymond and Larkin played all that well. I mean, there were flashes. There was a particular play in the third period where Debrinket behind the net hit Larkin uh, by the circle, hit Raymond out front for a shot attempt that almost, almost buried it behind the Delkovich. But, you know, outside of that play, I felt like that top unit for the Red Wings on offense didn't do a whole lot of good in the game. In fact, you know, Larkin had the second worst expected goals, four percentage on the team, uh, uh, and uh, Raymond was down there as well. So it's not that that means everything or anything whatsoever, but it kind of, you know, it helps support the argument that what I was seeing yeah. was kind of like, wow, they're, they're really not doing a whole lot of, but again, it's preseason and they're your top unit. So you think maybe they're taking it like 50% at a time. These guys kind of do that sometimes in the preseason. That's my cope at least. <laughs> Um, cause I, I was, I was surprised that they didn't play super well, but there were other players who I thought did play really well. First and foremost, JT comfort was my dog. I mean, just, he's going to be such a, I think an underrated stud. I I'm really, I know when we did our preseason projections, Scotty, you had him as two C and cop as three C and I had it the other way around, but he's, he's kind of not that cop has been bad in the preseason, but I feel like comp has kind of made a statement in the preseason as he hasn't been flashy but he's been doing every little thing right. I've really liked what I've seen out of Comfort in this preseason and today included. Yeah, for sure. I I think, you know, if uh, when it comes to center depth in general, but also just, you know, like the role that we are asking Comfort to fill, I think that you, you're not going to get like the super high ceiling right? Like from comfort, even if he is your two C, even you're not going to get like some, you know, like the, the most points out of a two C in the entire NHL. You're not going to have that ceiling of like a, you know, rounding out a crazy top six down the middle. But if he can, 
just be a high floor player, right? I know like I I am obsessed with floors and ceilings, but like I think if he can just be a high floor guy, you know what I mean? If he can be a guy that consistently you know every single night what you're going to get, he won't be flashy, he won't put up, you know, point per game numbers or anything like that, but he's not going to go on big droughts either and is going to show up every single night. I, I think that that's a massive win and that will be worth the, the contract that we gave him. And, you know, obviously that was, somewhat of a talking point this summer. I mean, and they clearly were trying to get him as much ice time as possible. Yeah, for um, sure. Well, they, know, they are making it a point to uh, put him in different situations. So, you know, yes. five on five special teams, you know, different sets. Like they, they're really making it a point to get him on the ice for sure. He played, I mean, he played a lot of shorthanded time in this game because the team well, was shorthanded a lot. Yeah. He played the most... Uh, time on the penalty kill out of anyone on the forward core. Four minutes and 51 seconds of his total ice time was spent on yeah, the penalty kill. <laughs> that's something we'll talk Five about. Five minutes of shorthanded hockey is crazy, man. That, that'll, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll drive you. He took 21 shifts, the most out of any forward. Total time on the ice was still less than guys like, you know, Larkin or uh, DeBrinket, who obviously all played on the top line. But JT Comfer, he was just such a steady. For a guy who didn't register a single shot in this game, he really wow. made his presence felt uh, yeah. in the defensive zone. He's just so smart. And you talk about that, that sprung goal and sprung's another guy too. And I feel yeah, like we, we'll, we should we'll talk about sprung after the it, break. It, that's, in a, that's a conversation, I think, but that set play, it looked like a set play, at least for that first goal where they win the face off. They take the pass back to the point and then sprung breaks to the point where I think it was Petrie. Yeah, Petrie feeds him the puck for that slap shot bomb top, you know, or not top shelf, but it was uh, to the underneath the glove hand or the blocker of Nadelkovich. I'm trying to remember if he catches left or right oh, in which hand. Ned. Or... Yeah, Ned played great in this game. Had a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great game, man. Brutal. And uh, J JT Confer, you know, was the guy who started that playoff. And then the Simon Edmondson goal, again, that was such a beautiful, like, well, masterclass of how to carry the puck through the neutral zone into the offensive zone. You know, Wallman started the puck behind the net. JT Comfer comes and swings behind the net, and then he draws a defender to him, drops the puck back to Wallman, skates through the neutral zone with the momentum that he had picked up, receives the pass back from Wallman. So he, he has all that speed. He just skates seamlessly into the offensive zone and stops, draws two more defensemen towards him. Yeah. And then just chips the puck to Edmondson, who finds his way to the slot and shoots and scores. Like it's just such a masterclass of a breakout, break into the offensive zone, and then just setting up his teammates. And I'm like, for a guy who didn't register a single shot, he played such a hell of a game. Two assists in this game on both goals. Like, if that's what we're getting out of JT Confer, I know he had a came came off a career year, but if that's what we're getting out of JT Confer, man, does that excite me? I agree. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about the Red Wings' a messy win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. But first, got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about the Detroit Red Wings 2-1 to victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, I was we were both singing the praises of JT Comfer, but sounds like we kind of want to also sing the praises of one Daniel Sprong. Yeah, Spronger looks, uh, he looks nice, man. I, I want to, I'm really trying hard not to like overreact to preseason. Okay. But I want to throw this out there. What? Did you have something you were going to throw out there? I was just going to say it's important we don't you know, overreact to re- preseason, obviously, like, yes, but like we can enjoy the good things, right? Like, we're allowed yeah, to enjoy course, it. And, 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 In the back of our minds, we know not to overreact, but it's okay to enjoy. Yeah, this things. isn't uh, this isn't a um, like a like a production mark or anything I'm going to throw out there. It's, it's a role. Um, do you think it's possible? Not even do you think it's possible? How many games do you think Sprong plays in the top six this season? How many games are you going to give me? Can you give me an over under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I'll leave What's... it somewhat open ended. I, I'm not asking for an exact number. I'm just saying when we signed him and when we've been talking all preseason at the end of the summer and, and through camp and whatnot. The conversation has pretty consistently been like Sprong gives you scoring depth in the bottom six. I am starting to, and again, he's scored what two goals, three goals, or whatever in in the preseason. I'm not trying to say he's going to be like your top line winger or anything like that on opening night. That's I'm not trying to to get crazy with it. I'm just saying I, I think there's a very real possibility that this dude is playing. Maybe middle six is a, is, is a better way to put it. Like, it wouldn't shock me if this dude was like a second-line winger for a few weeks stretch in a row. Or if a couple of people get hurt, if he's the one that's chosen to, like, go up and play, you know, like right wing or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just – I think that the the value that he is going to bring – you know, we talked so much last year about, like, Kubalik's value. He's not always going to score. He's not always going to even hit the net. But he's at least going to shoot. And like Sprong, I think can, while he's not the exact same player, I think has has just looked so good, and it, it really wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if if his role on the team was flexed. Yeah, just like maybe bigger than at least I originally anticipated. Yeah, and I mean, I think the big thing is that he can play right wing, and not like you go on cap friendly. It says so many of these guys can play left wing, right right yeah. wing, but they both they all have preferences. Where Daniel Sprong, you know, being a right handed shot on the right side is pretty invaluable. I think that if Raymond were to go down, you would see Daniel Sprong get that look on the top line. If if you were to give me like an over under, let's say play. let's say um. Let's say a quarter of the season. So like 20 games? Yeah. In the top six or on the top line? Top six, not not, not top line. I still find it really hard to take the over on that just because this team is so incredibly deep. But, well, I mean, if he's coming up. then it's Ben. Let's yeah, com- yeah, well, compare the Red Wings to the Red Wings here. It's not That's yes, what I mean. Mm. I, I, so I, I could still see it hovering lean, right I still around the majority is going to be in the bottom six. And, and I think most of it honestly is going to be third line specifically. I don't expect I, him to too. be like a fourth liner. Um, 
But I, I mean, you know, putting that cutoff like right in between the second and the third line, I think is interesting just because uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I really do think if, if he gets off to a nice start uh, and, and he's a, a guy that is consistently again, like able to at least put the puck on net with whatever, whoever his line mates are. It, it uh, again, I'm, I really want to reiterate, like I'm not trying to, to jump the gun here and, and really overreact to whatever four or five preseason games, but um, he, he's just looked so good, like in his entire, in, you know, camp preseason, etc. He's looked so good. It, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point he was playing like second line minutes. Maybe that's like due to an injury or something. Maybe it's not outright, but um, well, it wouldn't just, shock me if by the end of the year we were talking about, you know, like he was getting a lot of middle six minutes at least. And he could earn it. Like that that's another reality too. Like screw injuries. Like if he plays hot and he plays well, he could just outright. Right. Yeah, Kubalik got top line minutes last yeah. year. <laughs> and I mean, and granted, again, comparing Red Wings, Red Wings is a lot less for of a sure. deep team last year for sure. But Kubalik is a great comparison too because he, he was in a similar situation. Preseason, he was hot. Came out, and I, I was just—I just saw the short pop up on our on my feed today when I was hopping on YouTube. Uh, he scored, I think, eight points in the first three games for the Detroit Red Wings, or something like that. He was incredible, and he ended up having a pretty dang good year as a whole, despite some pretty long cold streaks. Twenty goals, forty plus points, which we, which was an over, uh, over what we thought he was going to do. And if Sprong can replicate that, he had a broke out for a twenty plus goal season last year. He fills a very similar niche as Kubelik, whereas he has a absolute cannon of a shot. Yeah. Well, being not to say he's defensively good, but he's better defensively than Kubelik was. For Kubelik sure. was very much get the puck in the offensive zone, shoot the puck, and he had a rip rocket. it and rip it, baby, rip it and rip it. <laughs> and Sprung has that about him too, but he, there's a little bit more dynamism, dynamicism. Dynamic, he's a little more dynamic. We'll it's a little bit that. more dynamic. Somebody in the comments is going to tell me exactly how to say that, and I'm going to appreciate that. But it's a little bit more dynamic than Kubelik, not a ton, but he does have that element to him. So I, I really like what Sprong's going to bring to this, um, and I've liked what he's brought so far. So he's got definitely going to be one of those guys we look at as being. And you were calling it for a long time, all, all the way back to when he was signed, but it's like an underrated signing at least for the forward core. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and again, like I want to reiterate, I think early on he, he slides in slides in very nicely on the third line, I think early on, but it really wouldn't shock me if, if his role continued to grow, if he got off to a nice start here. What did you make uh Simon Edmondson's game? He played big boy minutes in this one. He played with Jeff Petrie was his, his line mate. I, I do really like them pairing him with Jeff Petrie as that, uh, same, yeah. as that veteran leader. Cause Petrie still has a little bit of game in him. And, uh, yeah, Petrie's I, not a traffic cone out there, man. No. I was, he, he's, there are, there are definitely moments where I'm like, oh boy. Um, but overall I've been okay with how Petrie has played. I don't have like any, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I mostly love it for the leadership aspect yeah. playing with Edvinson, but when I thought Edvinson played a strong game. The third pair, assuming health, like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like outside of his goal, I thought Edvinson had a pretty strong game. I thought Edvinson was, was fantastic. Ooh. I thought he was stellar. I, I, I genuinely, I thought this was. In terms of like full body of work that we have seen from him in a winged wheel sweater, I, I thought this was start to finish uh, one of the better games he's maybe ever had. And like again, like that's a, that's a small body of work. I'm only comparing what we've seen at the NHL level so far and the small sample size last year, and then so far in the preseason. But uh, I thought he looked great, man. I thought the decision making was there. Obviously, the goal and just like the whole 
how that play broke down in front of him uh, and how he was able to, to, you know, get the puck on his stick. And uh, I thought that was handled unbelievably well, a little bit of chippiness. Um, I, I think that uh, there's still some, some work to be done with, um, I don't know, penalties, I guess. That was a big thing last year. And like in this game, I didn't even really fault him for uh for the the penalty he had in Bo- this one. Both uh, of those penalties he took were kind of like eh. Yeah. Like, oh, right. Yeah. I forgot about the first one. Yeah, I, I was talking about the the last one, I guess. But both like I, I didn't really fault him too much for the last one, but um yeah, I I loved what I saw in this game, and I think that you know, no matter where you stand on the spectrum of like where he's going to play uh, like on opening night or early on in the season, I think objectively he has taken massive strides from oh, yeah. even just like six to eight months ago. I, I honest to God think that I, I'm like getting very I, I hesitate to say because there's you, there's some like very little room on this roster, but I think he could very well make the team. Like he's looking comfortable out there and I've been liking a lot yeah, of what, I, I, what I've seen. The interference call on him was it looked like he lost his footing and the guy kind of fell over him. I don't know whether he fell over him or fell over him uh, for the interference call. And then, like you said, he was just trying to clear the zone and he accidentally sent it over the glass. So yeah. both of those, whatever. I'm always constantly surprised by how well he skates. Every single yeah. time I, I see a highlight of him skating around, I'm like, this guy is such a good stride for being six foot six. Yeah. But it, it is incredible. Like he has the the glide that I wish wish Edvinson had or uh Soderblom had. Soderblom is a little 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 janky on it. He's not terrible given the size. We can take that into account, but a little janky out there on his feet still. But Edvinson just his glide is so smooth when you compare that to how big he is. Agreed. Um we're gonna take another quick break and when we return how we gotta give Reimer his flowers too man. You really this was such a messy game. I know we've been singing the praises of certain players to make it seem like the Red Wings played a really good game but overall is at, from a schematic standpoint, from a set play standpoint, both teams are just an absolute mess. Broken play after broken play. James Reimer put the team on his back in this one. So we'll talk about him in segment yes, three. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? Well, if you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform when you can attract interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why, indeed, your only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. Again, that is Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, I do. Yes, Scotty does. He's a bum. He needs a job. <laughs> Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. That's crazy. What? I'm just that stating facts crazy. out here. 
I need another job. Yeah, do you know yeah. how many people <laughs> I do work for? I need more work on my plate. That's crazy, man. Uh, still a bum. Anyways, James Reimer. Can't even dog. Not a bum. Not a bum. He was a dog in this game. Um, you wouldn't think it, considering that they only had 22 shots on goal. You're like, oh, that's not a tough workload. You see where those shots took place, and this yeah, this man. kind of parlays into like one of the my complaints with the messiness is. And I, I'm, I'm starting to get a little nervous, Scotty. That this is going to be a problem again. Even though it's preseason, we're playing a lot of other guys. Oh my God, the Red Wings just give up so many opportunities right in front of the goaltender. Yeah, man. James Reimer, and there were some timely blocks from the defensive side as well. Jeff Petrie made one with the shaft of his stick that saved a goal in the third period, I believe it was. But oh my God, James Reimer was scrambling all night to just make acrobatic save after acrobatic save because these shots kept coming right in front of the net. And I don't know, I'm watching the play and I'm trying to figure out what isn't clicking with the defense, where these guys are just, if, if it's just an extra man crashing the net that they're not expecting, if they're not having their head on a swivel, if they're not, if they're just not keeping their guy that they're supposed to tied up so he doesn't get opportunities, or maybe the center isn't coming and picking up the third guy high, but there's just an abundance of shots right in front of the Red Wings goalies every single preseason game. And this game was no exception, even though you had your best two defensemen out there. And I thought Simon and Wallman at times looked really, really good. Simon and Wallman. Did I say Simon? Simon Cider, and Wallman, baby. Cider and Wallman at times looked really, really good. And at times I was like, what is happening out here? And not just them defense as a whole uh, that applies to Vero and to Amisto as well as Petrie and um, Edmondson. I was just the entire time, I'm just like, what in the hell is going on? Because I pull up the map, Scotty. It, it was not pretty. Again, the, the shots, shot attempts four in front of our goalie was was not ideal. Yeah, man. I I really I know that it's you know we're we're right now we're in the middle of a back to back to back, so um, like it's not going to happen anytime soon. But I, I really would like a game before opening night. In which, like the the six or or I guess like the seven D men that you're going to dress on opening night are well the six D men you're going to dress on opening night are like all in on the ice together and like in the lineup together. You know what I mean? Like I I, I would like one because it, it's hard for me to get like too riled up about how poor the defense has looked for a lot of the preseason so far when I know that like on any given night half or even up to like two thirds of the defensemen that are on the ice right now are like not going to be you know prominent or on the NHL roster at all uh in, in a few weeks but like it, it it has certainly been a reoccurring theme that's impossible not to bring up so it, it's kind of like I'm trying to walk a line here of like this is clearly been an issue but like the personnel groups like it's it's just it's hard for me to to be too too worried until it happens with you know like the six guys we're going to see on opening night yeah and that's completely valid and completely fair um there, there you are seeing like a half nhl squad half ahl squad out there and i'm right. not trying to I, I also don't want to overreact. I just get nervous because we saw this all last year as one of the biggest issues this team with a defensive-minded head coach has. Not just last year and the year last before and the year yeah. before and the year before just and the year before. <laughs> completely getting caved in right in front of their own net. 
And this is this is this graph, guys, is five on five. Like this Look is this not graph. counting all the power plays that they had. Um, so I I'm not set, hitting the alarm bells yet, but it's definitely a little like disheartening to see this is the second game in a row with a completely different squad on the ice. This is your much better squad playing against the other team's B team, and right. you're still right in front of your own net, giving up a ton of opportunities. And Reimer, all credit to him, man. Even though it was only 22 shots on net, he made some crazy acrobatic saves in this one, and he got the full 60, and he made full use of it. Yeah, no, and, and that's the the you know silver lining of it is <laughs> Reimer looked great, and like you said, even if the final box score isn't going to have you know a, you know 40 shots against or anything like that, like he he was making athletic plays and. Uh, for a guy who is looking for a bounce back year at his age, like seeing, you know, that ability still there is at least nice. Absolutely. Um, but if I'm going to sing the praises, if I'm going to criticize the defense for the even strength play, I got to give up or give credit to the fact that they went five for five on the penalty kill. This was, I said, we said at the beginning of the show, this was a really messy game. Um, and while we've sung the praises of guys we thought looked good, overall, a lot of broken plays from both teams. I think the Penguins had like 13 giveaways. They had, I'm sorry, seven giveaways in this game. Red Wings technically had zero, uh, which is really interesting because of how broken, according to ESPN's box score, at least. Uh, but well, Pittsburgh yeah, was like, takeaways is a weird stat. Well, takeaways were four and four each, but giveaways were zero for their wings, seven giveaways, for the Penguins. Yeah. Giveaways is a giveaways and turnovers are a super sketchy stat. But. It's how do they determine like what's what? It, right. it, it, anyways, my point being is it was a really messy game. Both teams kind of felt like they were slightly out of sync. The Red Wings, I felt like the entire game were very close to making some really nice plays, but then would just kind of either the, the pass would bounce off their stick weird or would be like just behind them or they would just make a, bad pass attempt and turn it over altogether. They're just constantly kind of slightly out of sync. And um, it wasn't pretty for both teams, for either team. But five for five on the penalty kill is reassuring because it got really chippy. It felt like a regular season game with how chippy it was. And um, sometimes I felt like the Red Wings were a little boneheaded with the penalties they took, but they didn't break. They, they were really good on the penalty kill, boxing out the opponent. Ironically enough, a lot of the attempts that they had a man up, I felt the Penguins only had from outside of the box as you play it in the defensive zone. I thought the Red Wings kept the chances to the outside for the most part on the penalty kill, which you is what you intended to do. You play it that way on the penalty kill, but I was impressed with how the penalty kill performed. I guess I'm rambling. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. And like we already talked about it a little bit with uh, with Comfer, but um, but yeah, I I completely agree. And I, I think that, again, like I started the show off with, you know, it's it's important to learn how to win sloppy games. Like that's any, it's the NHL. Like all these dudes are talented. Anybody can win when they're like hot and firing on all cylinders. The great teams are the teams that um, can take care of business still when uh, when they're not on their best. So um, got to learn, got to learn how to, to bend, but don't break mm -hmm. as we say in the biz. As we say in the biz, um, I just a couple other quick things. I know we got to wrap it up here. Uh, the Dominic Shine, Tim Gettinger, and Nolan Stevens line. And they only registered six minutes and 46 seconds of time on the ice at even strength, but they were an aggressive line. I always love watching these, these lines 
of guys who are really fighting for something in the preseason. That's one of the reasons, honestly, I love preseason. I don't watch preseason for my Larkins and my Siders. I'm watching it for these guys who have something to fight for, who are fighting tooth and nail to make the roster or earn a contract. And that Dominic Shine, Nolan Stevens, Tim Gettinger line in six minutes and 46 uh, time on the ice at even strength, they, they were out there balling, giving it their all. They had a couple of, they had a couple of turnovers, but they, man, did they have, did they have some incredible opportunities in the offensive zone as well? I think they led the, the led the forward lines and expected goals for percentage at 79%. Uh, right. Expected goals for 0.39. But again, very limited time on the ice against the other team's worst competition as well. So you kind of take all that with a grain of salt. But I, I love the heart and hustle those guys showed out there. I wanted to give them a little quick shout out. You know what? You know what that is. You know what kind of attribute that is. That's dog mentality. It's dog mentality. We got a couple dogs. Them's the playing. dogs. Uh, Dominic Shine, man, he could late. He was crunching guys. Too. He really was. I loved. Watching. He really was in an like, already chippy game. I'm kind of falling in love with Dominic Shine. Not that I think he's going to be an NHL player with the Red Wings, but like if I go check out a Griffin's game, man, Dominic Shine. I mean, their jerseys in the team store. We, we'll see. We'll see. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, man. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think what else Marco Casper. I, I honestly felt was pretty invisible in this game. Uh, it continues my trend. Uh, maybe I, this is like my, a bias. I don't know. I was so high on Casper going into the preseason. I feel like he hasn't done a whole lot. In fact, actually looking at it right now, he had the team worst expected goals for percentage relative negative 25, uh, which I believe is second worst on the team in that category. Corsi four, which is just simply shot attempts. Was twenty nine percent. He's. I, I think he might just be struggling in the preseason. I don't know what it is, unless I'm just watching him wrong. But I feel like I didn't see a whole lot out of him in this game. Yeah, I mean, like clearly there wasn't any production. Um, I don't. I. I think people just got so in love with the idea of like, like he played in the NHL for what was it one game <laughs> like last game, season. Yeah. Um, and that he was just going to like come in and he was ready last year. So like he has an off season, he'll get healthy. And then like, he'll just be here and he'll force like the hand of a roster spot. Like this dude's still young as heck. Like he's gonna, he's, he'll be fine. <laughs> he's, uh, this is like good experience for him. Like this is, this is a, a very, very good experience for him and is absolutely where he should be right now in the preseason. And, uh, like he, he probably won't make the team out of camp and then like mid season, we'll, you know, check in on him, see how he's doing. And maybe down, down the road later this year, you know, with injuries and whatnot, he could get a call up. But like, I, I think the, the train, the hype train of like, if he crushes it, he's going to make the team out of camp. Got a little bit like unjustifiably hot. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, Scotty, I think think we hit all the keynotes um yeah i mean yeah no i it was a it was a kind of a crazy game for a yeah. preseason game <laughs> there, there's probably more we could break down i mean the red wings spending like a quarter the last quarter of the first period in the first like quarter of the second period on a penalty kill <laughs> yeah Including like five on threes, it was it, there was so yeah, much was going on. This <laughs> I forgot we, about the five on the big five on three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we did our best to try and break down this nutty game, uh, and they do it again tonight. Season game. Yeah, and they're gonna do it again tonight, man. They're yes, gonna play they uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto before, and then finish up the 
preseason at home on what, Saturday? Saturday, yep. And then the next game they play will be in the regular season hockey game. Next Thursday. We are officially a week out. Oh, true. Dude. From regular season play, hockey. Baby. I'm thinking we're back. I'm thinking we're back. I'm thinking we're back. We're back. We're so back. Parentheses for real. <laughs> Soon. Soon. Soon for real. All right. We got to end this. We, we ball? ball? Okay, we ball. Same time, same place, your team. Every day. Every day.